Hey there, friends. This is episode two of season three of the Spirituality for Ordinary People podcast. My name is Matt Bruff. I'm an author and a pastor, and uh, this season is all about prayer walking, um, getting outside, moving around, and using that as part of your prayer practice. Today's episode in particular is focused on using the labyrinth as a spiritual practice. Um, This is something that I have talked about before on the podcast, but um, we just go way deeper. I've got a guest on today, Robin McCauley, and uh, really amazing. Actually, the conversation that I had with Robin was so great. I've actually had to split it up into two different episodes. So the second part is going to come out um, in a little bit. And uh, you can enjoy this first part today. I had no idea that there would be so much to talk about around labyrinths. And um, it's something like labyrinths or something. We talk about this a little bit uh, in the conversation. Something that I was not really into and um, was kind of suspicious of a little bit. And uh, just thought, you know, how is this? How is walking around a pathway uh, something that is actually going to help me in uh, my relationship with God or in prayer and things like that. It just seemed so foreign to my normal experience of uh, simply reading the Bible and, and praying and just sort of the experience of church that I've had. So uh, yeah, anyway, um, I hope you have an opportunity to check out a labyrinth sometime. Uh, if you go to the website, spiritualityforordinarypeople.com and look for this episode, uh, you will see just a picture there of the Chart Labyrinth and also a couple of links to some of the things that Robin mentions in this interview. Uh, so if you want to check that out, you can, or as she mentions as well, you can just Google uh, labyrinths and, and you'll see uh, what we're talking about. And that might be helpful if you've never really seen one or looked at one. Um, just to go and check out a picture of one would be a good idea. Uh, this uh, So again, this episode kind of blew me away, this conversation with Robin. So I really hope you enjoy it, uh, at least this first part uh, where we deal with uh, a whole bunch of different things, just sort of about what labyrinths are and also Robin's own story and a little bit of my story of uh, experiences with labyrinths and where that came from. Um, Robin does a great job of introducing herself. I asked her to do that. Um, And so you can just uh, sit back and listen to this uh, great conversation with Robin McCauley. Today I have uh, Robin McCauley on the podcast. Uh, Robin is uh, a former classmate of mine from seminary. And uh, Robin's been on the podcast before. And uh, I'm trying to remember what we talked about back then. Today I have you on to really talk about labyrinths because I'm on a, in a season of the podcast fo- focused on walking and particularly like praying and walking. And so labyrinths have been has become more meaningful for me. I think we might have talked a bit about that before the last time you were on. We did. Um, we talked. We talked a bit about the labyrinth. We talked about my metalsmithing, which yes, you can listen to the other podcasts if they want to know about that, and right. kind of the spiritual spiritual practices in general a little bit. But right, yeah, right. creativity. It was creativity, metalsmithing, and the labyrinth. Yeah, awesome. Um, so yeah, I wanted to have you back on, um, particularly to talk about labyrinths um, because I know. I, I'm going to get it all wrong. We were just talking about this off air. Um, I'll get it all wrong if I try to introduce you and say why you are super qualified to guide us through a conversation about labyrinths. Right. <laughs> you yeah. can tell us okay. what those things are. 
Great. Well, thanks for having me. I'm always excited to talk about uh, to labyrinths and to help people understand how to navigate them. So um, I'm a Veritas certified labyrinth facilitator. So Veritas is a worldwide labyrinth organization run by Lauren Artris. Um, we can talk a little bit about her later. Uh, and I'm on the faculty of the Expressive Arts program at Fleming College at their Halliburton uh, School of Art and Design campus, um, where I've been teaching about exploring the labyrinth and spiritual practices of, as a part of um, personal exploration, and uh, have been doing that for like the last six years. Um, I'm a United Church minister and was the former program director at Five Oaks Retreat Center, where um, there, there's a beautiful labyrinth, and I ran labyrinth walks and retreats and, um, and events for people um, over the, the nine years that I was there. So those are some of the ways that I'm kind of qualified to, uh, uh, to lead this conversation or to contribute to this conversation about labyrinths. Um, I've also made canvas labyrinths, so portable labyrinths where people can, you know, organizations like churches or uh, hospice care, that kind of thing would contract with me to, to make a canvas labyrinth for them. And my husband and I did that together for several years. And that was always really fun too. So I think I remember us having a conversation. I don't know if it was on air or not about how I think both of us really kind of, uh, hated labyrinths when we were in seminary or at least have an adverse reaction to them so yeah I mean that's all a part of my the story that I always tell um, at the beginning of a labyrinth workshop if there's a bit of time and you know to introduce people to the labyrinth um, I tell them about my first experience which yeah you were in you were there so it was a class in second year of our master of divinity studies at the Vancouver School of Theology um, where for it was spirituality class, and so the instructors kind of led us through various kinds of spiritual practices. And since the school had a labyrinth in the grass um, outside of the school in, in one particular area, um, they invited us to, to walk it. I don't remember much instruction being given at all. It was just kind of, we're going to see what the labyrinth is about today. And we all, you know, 20 of us went out and walked this labyrinth. And I remember thinking, what's the big deal? Like, I'm walking around in this circle-like thing. Um, and if I wanted to go for a nice walk outside, you know, I'm in Vancouver. I would rather be down at the beach looking at the beautiful mountains or up in the mountains or any of that kind of thing. So, so I was thinking of it as just we're going for a walk. Right. Um, and that's where really being introduced to what the purpose and how to approach the labyrinth is actually really helpful because otherwise you do just feel like, well, what am I doing? I'm walking around in these circles. Um, <laughs> so, so I went away from that at first experience thinking, this isn't, I don't, I don't really get this. Um, so I know I, I, I went away from that thinking, why do they keep forcing us to do <laughs> in quotes, these spiritual practices that really, are not connect like have no meaning for me at all like can't i just sure. read the bible and pray yeah but i think that there's... i have a podcast about spiritual practices <laughs> right exactly yes yeah. yeah so i mean fast forward a little bit of time for me i went away and did my internship and came back and um there was this <laughs> this guy working at the school whose job it was to weed whack the labyrinth every week 
So, um, and I was working at the school in the continuing education department and my office overlooked the area where the labyrinth was. And so weed whacker guy would weed whack and then he'd come up to my office and just kind of look out the window and say, oh, I'm just, I'm just checking on what it looks like. Long story short, he's my husband. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So that the summer that all this was going on and, you know, we got together, I, uh, he, he spoke like he was walking the labyrinth all the time. I mean, he's, he was weed whacking it. He was caring for it. He had this particular way of seeing that, like he saw that there was something really special about that area. Um, and the fact that he was, he was caring for it. And I thought, I think I, I think I want to give this another shot. So um, that, I walked the labyrinth in the, and with every step, I felt this very deep connection. Um, it was almost a mystical kind of experience. Like I felt this connection to, uh, to nature, you know, the labyrinth was outside. There was this feeling of connection to the, the ground under me and the cosmos above me. Um, and if I'm perfectly honest, I felt this deep connection to him, to, to Mark, my, my, he was then my boyfriend and now my husband, um, th that with every step, I kind of felt his, you know, his energy, his presence. I felt really weird about that for a long time. Like I shouldn't really say that, you know, the labyrinth, myself being, you know, a United Church minister, the things like this are supposed to be about connecting me to, to God and not to my boyfriend. Um, and so it wasn't until I met Lauren Artress, who I mentioned earlier, uh, she was at Five Oaks running a workshop about the labyrinth, the retreat and, and the facilitator training. And in the first evening, it just hit me when she said, whatever happens for you in the labyrinth is meant to happen and you need to, you know, take it seriously. Mm -hmm. And I thought in that moment, you know what, it was actually a really beautiful thing that I was walking this labyrinth and feeling this connection to the person who's now the most important person to me, yeah. right? Like how beautiful is that? Um, and so I started to really claim my own story around, around um, how the labyrinth or walking a labyrinth, the labyrinth isn't magical or anything. <laughs> like, I really want to get that point across. Um, but that labyrinth, walking the labyrinth is really a tool to, to help us see those, um, uh, to see deeper into our lives and to um, receive, you know, I think from God, the, the things that, that we need to listen to, or we need to notice, or that we can understand more deeply about ourselves and our lives. So for me, it's really a tool, a, a tool for that, for, for personal reflection, for, um, for revelation, um, from, from God. How, okay. So how have you, how have you seen that show up? Like, okay. So that, like, that's a pretty powerful story, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but have you like has, has that continued for you with other things or have you seen that with other like you've you've led groups or you've led individuals through labyrinths as well many times now yes so have absolutely. You seen other are there other examples yeah. that you might have that, that yeah absolutely so the labyrinth when you walk a labyrinth the really um it's about noticing we can talk a little bit more about some ways to approach it because there are different ways um, but really, it's about, it's, it is really about noticing what's going on. 
um, and reflecting on that after. There tends to be this cumulative experience that happens. Like the more you walk a labyrinth, the more you're able to see patterns or to see, oh, this is what's going on for me. Um, but doing that reflection after walking is, is really important. And over time, you get to know um, how to, yeah, how, what, what's kind of going on in the moment. Um, one, one other story that just happened to me a couple of years, well, a couple of years ago, it's a long time ago now, but, um, that really hit me as, as this profound experience. So I was on a silent retreat, um, just with a couple of friends. It was in the fall and, uh, we were in this cabin and there was this little labyrinth just outside the cabin. And in the center of the labyrinth was this giant wooden carved angel with these like giant wings. <laughs> and I remember, so we were there for the weekend and I remember Friday just looking out and thinking, I like, I want to walk, the, I really want to walk this labyrinth, but I want it to be the right time during this retreat, right? I'm not just going to rush out there. I'm going to, I'm going to just sit with it. And when the right time presents itself, I'm going out to that labyrinth. So I mean, there were some things going on in my life. Um, I had just left my job at Five Oaks um, a few months before, and I was feeling a lot of grief around that, like a lot of loss and a lot of processing of, of um, just what was going on for me with my, with my sense of identity, having been wrapped up in, in being the program director there and just what it meant. I was still processing what it meant to move on. So Sunday morning came and um, of this silent retreat and I was like now like for whatever reason it was just now's the time I'm, I'm gonna walk I'm gonna go out and walk this labyrinth. Hmm. So I go out and I very quickly realize that the leaves were like two feet deep. Like there was just leaves covering everything um, to the point that it was difficult to walk. So I entered the labyrinth and I, and I was kind of shuffling, right? Like I'm, I'm just shuffling through these really deep leaves and a couple steps in and I, and I felt this kind of weight against my legs <laughs> and the, the message that came into my head, like my inner voice said, you don't have to wade through this. And there was a profane word with that, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> You know, this, you don't have to, you don't have to keep going against this, you know, this isn't what you need to do. This isn't, this path isn't for you. Hmm. And in that moment, I listened, like I took another step and then I was like, right, like, why am I wading through life in this way with pr trying to process all these things? Like, it was just to kind of walk away. That was the other, that was the message. Like, walk away, walk out of this path, this labyrinth that you've gotten yourself caught up in hmm. and kind of move on. <laughs> wow. So I did. I literally, I walked off that labyrinth after only two steps. Um, and I think I, I tell that story when I try to get it across to people that you, that people have this perception of you have to walk, you know, you have to walk in, you have to spend time in the center, you have to walk out. Like there's this sense of you, when you do that, that's when you've accomplished your labyrinth walk. 
Um, and I really try to get across that it's not about that. It's about listening to whatever is going on. And if what's going on is, is it saying you, you've received what you need to receive from that time in only two steps, you, you know, listen to that. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's really about using the labyrinth as that tool for reflection about, about your life, um, to understand yourself more deeply. That's really, that's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, can we kind of go and just like, where do labyrinths even come from? Yeah. What are the origins? Just so that like, people may be wondering, like, they might have heard about these before. They're maybe yeah. a little more popular now than they were, say, 50 years ago. Yeah, exactly. But, um, or even what is a labyrinth, right? Yeah, so, I, that's true. Exactly. <laughs> like, people are going, what are you even talking, are you talking about? about? Most people have, will right now, if they've never heard of a labyrinth, will have probably in their head more like a maze um, and something that has um, like raised up walls, like people have been in hedge mazes maybe, or like a corn maze in the fall if they live near farms or those kinds of things. Snow maze in Manitoba. Okay, where there's a lot of snow and cold. Or they're picturing a really awesome movie from the 1980s. Exactly, yes. (laughs) Or like, anyway, yeah, Yeah. those are not labyrinths. (laughs) A labyrinth is one circuitous path that winds its way around and leads to a center. Um, That's that's all that it is. It's one path. It doesn't have dead ends. It's not a trick. It's not a game. You're not trying to figure anything out about the path. You're trying to figure, well, I don't know if figure out the right is the right word, but it's it's meant to be a flow that you're guided through so that you can listen inwardly um, rather than having to pay attention to what's going on outwardly. So, um, so that's a labyrinth. It, I mean, labyrinths. Would this be fair to say that it's not like a labyrinth is not a thing to solve? No, there's nothing to solve. But it it might be a tool to help you. To solve your own. Solving something. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, there's this quote, Herman, somebody, I should have this in my head. Um, in the labyrinth, you don't lose yourself. You find yourself, um, which is really great. And the, when you walk in the labyrinth, the key thing to, I should have said this earlier, the key question is, so whatever's going on for you, you or whatever you notice, you ask afterwards, is this, does this happen for me in my own life? Um, what is this saying about, about my life? Like there's that link to, to it being metaphor for your own, um, living or, um, or it being a mirror for yourself. It's almost like the labyrinth is this little mini cosmos of your, your bigger life. And so you're entering that container of, of safe space in which to explore. Like I find it helpful to think of it as, um, Again, that's part of why I've included this as part of like talking about walking and prayer in general, mm-hmm. um, that I find prayer walking, whether it's walking through a labyrinth or walking outside or, or wherever, mm-hmm. I find that's just a powerful metaphor for, for life because journey is, is a powerful metaphor for life. Um, exactly. And, and so- I think and like for me, it's something that Jesus used mm-hmm. and that was sort of common, just sort of in rabbinic, rabbinical tradition, right? Like you talk about like, who are you following or... Mm-hmm. Inviting his disciples to follow me. So even sometimes I've just imagined, okay, I'm following Jesus, like literally moving. Um, right. And that's a metaphor for, well, how is it that I'm doing that in my life or, or, yeah. 
or how does that mirror what's going on in my life? I, I, that's, that's really helpful. So that links to the origins actually okay. of the labyrinth. So that was a great segue to- I didn't even know uh, I was doing that. Thank you. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, so <laughs> because the labyrinth is a symbol for pilgrimage, particularly in the Christian tradition. So of, of journeying, of the journey through life. So the labyrinth shows up um, on the earth. Uh, the first kind of known uh, depiction of the labyrinth is from uh, roughly 4,000 years ago on the Isle of Crete, where it's actually just in a stone face. Um, it's not on the ground. It's not big like the way we see labyrinths today. It's, it's just a very small pattern that's been chipped away in the stone. Um, the exact kind of history of why it was important to people back 4,000 years ago really isn't known. Um, but there is some, some sense of it being about, uh, the journey from, from this realm to, to the next realm or maybe a mystical realm or maybe the next, you know, your next life, that kind of thing. Um, I remember sharing that at a, a long-term care facility when I was working with some residents there who were at there at the end of their life. And they, when they heard that, it was like their eyes sparkled and there was this sense of um, for them then like the, you know, like a woman's hand went just flew up in the air and she said, when do I get to walk it? Right? Like there was a sense of the importance of, of, uh, for them of knowing that this was a way that they could reflect on, on their life and on moving on to, to the next. So it was, it was quite, it's like, it's quite beautiful. So just fast forward a little bit to, you know, 4,000 years ago and then it, you know, we see it on, uh, coins and, the Roman Empire actually found the pattern to be important, and that's where we start to see it used on, like, mosaic floors. Um, interestingly enough, it was actually more of a children's playground um, during that time. So I tell that to people who get a little annoyed, you know, like at Five Oaks where we'd have children's camps going on right in the area of the labyrinth, and mm. we'd have adults who would come to me and say, you know, you shouldn't have the kids running all over the labyrinth. They need to respect this sacred space. And I was like, well, respecting sacred space, yes, but you know what? The labyrinth was just a children's play area. And if this is a place where they feel like they can play and isn't play sacred, and I would give this feel. So anyway, there's, there's that aspect of it too. So <laughs> it shows up in medieval times in the Christian church. Right. So there's a famous labyrinth in uh, Chartres Cathedral. Um, so it, it, that was built in uh, the 1200s. And at that time, you had the crusades that were happening in, in Europe, right? Um, and so it's believed that labyrinths were put into various cathedrals across Europe so that pilgrims who could no longer safely travel to Jerusalem um, would actually travel. Cathedrals were named, as, certain cathedrals were named as pilgrimage sites. So you'd make your pilgrimage to the new Jerusalem, which was these cathedrals, and possibly then walk the labyrinth as a final marking, um, or at least at least the 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 symbol of the pilgrimage was within the cathedral and you'd make your way there. Um, so that becomes a kind of the powerful reflection for us as Christians that, as you just so eloquently said, um, walking a labyrinth really is about reflecting on our pilgrimage or our journey um, as Christians with, uh, with Christ. Yeah. 
Wow. Okay, that's really cool. I I didn't realize that 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 was sort of the intent or the or the history within the Christian tradition. Yeah. Um. That is that is really cool. Great. Um. So can you can you kind of like this is funny because we're talking. It's it's weird to not have a labyrinth. Um, An image or something. This, but yeah, well, you can audio podcast, but people can also just yeah. Google like Google start labyrinth. You can Google yeah. labyrinth patterns. I mean, it's easily Googleable. Um, you, you know, you can put up links to Veritas, which um, there's a worldwide labyrinth locator. Um, there, I mean, there's an Ontario labyrinth locator. That's where I'm, I'm in Kitchener, Ontario. And, um, I use that. There's a friend and I, who we every summer choose a day and we go and, and, uh, and see a few labyrinths and we call it our, our labyrinth pilgrimage day once a year. It's really great. I don't know if there's something similar in, in Manitoba, but, um, yeah, certainly the worldwide labyrinth locator would have a lot of them. So you, it's a great way to see a lot of examples of, of labyrinths um, kind of worldwide. Yeah. Can you, can you kind of walk us through <laughs> in audio form <laughs> walk yeah. us through what, uh, what, what people should do like I, and should is in quotes, like, um, yeah, well, there are there are ways of approaching the labyrinth. Um, I mean, if it's your first time best to just just walk it right. Uh, a lot of people will set an intention. So if your intention is it might be the first time I'm just going to walk and see what happens because I'm unfamiliar with all of this. Um, certainly there's guidelines that, that would apply no matter what, like the guidelines are you're walking at your own pace, meaning you're really listening to your own body and your own sense of, um, you know, how quick am I wanting to walk? What's my, what's my pace today? Am I really being invited to really slow down or am I actually like, for whatever reason, I need to run through this thing or, or I want to skip or whatever, like whatever your body is telling you to do, go with it. So it's not like you're the la- what I love about the labyrinth is it's not restrictive. Like it's not, it's not, there's one way to do it and you have to follow that or else nothing's going to happen. It's actually follow your own inner promptings and your own inner voice and your body and what it needs to do. I think probably as a six foot four man, the, my body is not going to tell me to skip through the labyrinth. Okay. Well, but, you know, yeah, maybe you we'll can be open that. to it. <laughs> I mean, we could get into other things, like, it's also about, you know, so there's this whole thing, like, all you need to do is follow the path, like, you just find the entrance, follow the path, make your way to the center, spend some time in the center if you want, and then make your way, follow the same path back out. That's, that's pretty typical. But, you know, I've seen it, I've explored with people um, who, you know, it's like, there's whatever's going on in your life. So here was one example, this, a, a woman who just felt like all she'd ever done her whole life was follow the rules and never do what she wanted to do. Hmm. So the invitation to her was, what if you didn't actually follow the path? Like just, just walk wherever you feel like walking all over the labyrinth and see what happens, see what that's like. Right. So it's this interesting, yeah, there's this interesting dynamic. So let's talk about some other things. So a lot of people will talk about um, asking a question before they enter the labyrinth. So what those folks are really doing is using the labyrinth for discernment, right? So prayerful decision-making, they have a decision they're wanting to make in their lives. So they're going to, they're going to ask a question. So whether they're a Christian and that means they're asking God this question or they're asking their own inner teacher or whatever, um, whatever's working for them. That's great. So then you, you, you kind of, you say, I'm walking with this intention of 
of exploring this question and I'm just going to notice what comes up and, and what continues to kind of flow within me after I'm finished my labyrinth walk. The caution I have around that one is that I've heard a lot of people say, well, you stay in the center until you have your answer. Mm. And that's a no. Like I'm like, the, the labyrinth is not a magic eight ball. You're going to be waiting there forever, I think, or I would be. So it's really just about the walking and the exploring and noticing what happens. And you may get an answer in that, in that time, but you may not. And it may just continue. It may be the catalyst for it to come up, but it's just about the processing of it. That's so, how I've used the labyrinth most, actually. Mm -hmm. like, I would say almost exclusively yeah. um, where I will be praying a question and I'll pray mm -hmm. like general questions like God, where are you leading me? Or well, yeah. Wonderful. In, yeah. So it's really in this about area that. of life or something. Yeah. But what I will do is I'll do that. I'll pray that question going in. Mm -hmm. And then I will, in the center, I use the center to try to quiet and not ask the question mm -hmm. anymore mm -hmm. and just try to just be with God, like mm -hmm. almost like doing centering prayer in the center of the labyrinth. Right. Um, and that might be long or short. Like sometimes that's like five seconds and other times mm -hmm. it's been five minutes or right. something. And then I'll, when I walk out, I then try to shift to, okay, I'm going to actively listen. Right. Rather, And I will like almost use the question as a mantra going in mm. where I just keep asking, 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 and I'll still start to sort of sense maybe an answer sometimes or not always. Um, and then I'll continue to listen on my way out. And often, um, well, I don't know, often like half the time, half the time I feel like I've actually received something, some kind of answer. It's not mm. always necessarily related. Like sometimes I talked with someone about this on the podcast before where I might be praying a certain question. And then the answer I get back is something like, uh, from God is I love you. <laughs> like, I wasn't actually asking that question, yeah. but <laughs> right. like, what I needed to hear is an right. assurance that day, you know? Yeah. So the answer isn't always matching up with the question it's right? or something, but it's, but you, but I've often left thinking, Oh, that's probably what I needed to hear. Yeah, know? exactly. Um, yeah, I feel like I often walk a labyrinth to figure out what question I had. Like it's yeah. not just, I right. need to walk this to really just figure out what's going on for me because yeah. life's yeah. been so busy or full or I'm so yeah. caught up in other stuff that I'm just kind of clearing away. But so I would say like my natural mode of prayer is often discernment. Right. That's just kind of what I tend to do. Yeah. So it's helpful for me to hear as well about like other 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 ways like this idea of of kind of noticing as well right um, yeah which so is what, what you're doing so let me can i just yeah, explain yeah, yeah. one more because sure, this is yes. the one that i use the yep. most and it's kind of the most com well not necessarily the most common but so there's what's called the three r's so the labyrinth really has that threefold path right you enter in you spend time in the center and then you walk back out the traditional way of walking it as i've said you don't have to do that but anyway so the walking in would be a time to, to spend time releasing. So time to let go of whatever's bogging you down or what you don't need in your life. So it's that it's in walking in is shedding, make doing that shedding, just kind of like, okay, I'm clearing the ways so that I can be attentive to listening. Being in the center is a time of receiving. I mean, it sounds like you're using that time in the center as that, right? So it's being present with, uh, with God, um, being present and noticing what it is that, that you need. I mean, it sounds like God has given you, you know, message of, I love you. Like that's a receiving, that's a receiving thing that's happening. Um, so to just spend time in the center, noticing what is the gift 
that's being given to you that you need in your life. And then the way back out then is the returning with intention because you're returning with that gift and exploring how is your life going to be different now that you've received something during this time. And it's about integrating that into, into your life. I always add a fourth R because I think it's all about reflecting. So afterwards, it's that all the whole reflection on the whole experience and what happened and what is this, what does this mean? As I said, the pivotal question for me is, is whatever happened or whatever I noticed or whatever happened for me in the labyrinth, what, what is that? What does that say about my life or about me or what I need or what I'm to do now? So that, that fourth R, the reflection piece, I think is really quite important. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Actually, it's making me, so the last time I walked to Labyrinth, um, we took some people from church out um, to, a, there's a nearby park, like really close to our, our where our church meets. Um, and uh, about a, so from our church doors to the labyrinth is about a 20 minute walk mm-hmm. about 10 minutes to the edge of the park and then 10 minutes in and um it was a day that we went out there was three of us who went um, and then the other day we took a few more but the day that it was just three of us we um this this labyrinth is beautiful it's mm-hmm. um it's actually a memorial labyrinth for carol shields who's a manitoba oh, wow. And so it's, um, and there's flowers everywhere and, um, and then there's little, uh, signs along the path for like what the flowers are or, you know, and there's little benches along the way Like you stop along the way and sit and just enjoy the Mm -hmm. space, which is quite different than a number of churchy kind of labyrinths which mm-hmm. are very I think often quite plain like there isn't really a lot to see mm-hmm. and this particular day then we were walking there was a there's a dog park like adjacent to this labyrinth so mm-hmm. there's was, the dog actually wasn't uh wasn't too loud but the owner um was so she yeah. was constantly calling her calling her dog and yelling instructions and was super distracting so I'm walking this labyrinth and I just kept being distracted by this woman yelling out, but also like, even though it's a lovely labyrinth, it's like, well, these flowers are actually kind of distracting. And not only that, I'm like reading every sign and thinking, well, I'm trying to focus on God here. Why am I being so distracted? And suddenly Mm -hmm. I just kept reflecting on the theme of distraction. Mm -hmm. Great. And so, so then, so that kind of converted that experience of the labyrinth of like, why am I so distracted? And then sort of that question you were coming at before, like, how do we notice what's going on in our life? Mm-hmm. Oh, why am I so distracted in my life? Not just on this walk, right? <laughs> so, Very good. Yeah. That's exactly the point. So coming out of that, it's like, okay, so how do I limit my time on Facebook? Like that's right. sort of the reflection afterwards is like, yeah. okay where am I getting sucked into distractions that are not helpful and, and healthy? Right. And uh, so, so it was super helpful to go yeah. through that, but I could have been annoyed, right? Like it could have just been like, Oh, this really wrecked my, my time, mm-hmm. you know, in prayer that was supposed to be quiet, but actually it ended up being really helpful. Yep. And that is exactly the point. That's what, um, getting annoyed seems to be a common thing. <laughs> um, 
that people when they're walking in groups or yeah, when it's outside and there's a distraction or whatever, and you did exactly what the labyrinth invites us to do, which is to, to put that, to, to turn to wonder back on ourselves. Like, am I, do I get distracted by these things or am I annoyed a lot in my own life by the same kinds of things? And what's the invitation for me to, to either just notice and accept that or to say, oh, this isn't actually serving me and my way that I'm to, uh, you know, follow Christ. And so maybe I'm being invited to, to change this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And I think it was really helpful in my, uh, the last season of the podcast, I focused on the exam and we did about four or five episodes around praying the exam. And it's all about, I mean, not all, but a big chunk of the exam is really about noticing and then reflecting like it's a very similar in some ways a similar exercise exercise to walking in the labyrinth so i think for me having that practice uh a little more ingrained in me and then going and walking the labyrinth i wasn't doing the exam but it just sort of like oh like that gave me the tools to be able to to use the labyrinth in that way sort of intuitively without really thinking about it It right that was kind of a neat experience to see how different spiritual practices end up informing one another and and yeah absolutely yeah for sure okay so that is where we're going to end part one of this conversation around labyrinths with robin mcgauley uh wow i hope you in are enjoying listening to this as much as i enjoyed having this conversation and um in the next part that is going to be coming uh we go a little more in depth and um and again, it's just uh, it's just a really great and rich conversation. Uh, if you are enjoying these conversations, uh, I would love to hear from you. You can always email me, matt at mattbruff.com, um, or uh, leave a review on iTunes. And uh, that really helps with visibility for the podcast, uh, but also just is... Uh, it's kind of an encouragement, um, kind of nice to see some of those reviews come in. Um, it's pretty easy to do. So if you just uh, if you just search for the podcast on the iTunes uh, podcast app, um, you should be able to just leave a star rating and then you can leave a comment if you want. I think you can leave a rating even without leaving comments. So uh, feel free to do that. And uh, again, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. If you've got thoughts about this episode or any of the other back episodes that, of course, you can find at the website spiritualityforordinarypeople.com. Thanks for listening today and take care.